For joining us today with this program as we look at how to get to heaven. There's a really important question. And if you want to live forever, then this is a program you need to listen to. I pray that you'll find some comfort and some hope as you look at this program and that you'll be strangely warmed by a God who wants to save you. God bless. I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me as I pray. God, we've come into this church for no other reason than to seek a blessing from you. Please, God, I pray this afternoon, be with us. May your spirit work in our hearts. And may we not leave this place without having had a very warm experience with you. That's our prayer this afternoon, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You know what? And it's a fact. Everybody, or almost everybody, wants to know how to go to heaven. I'm wondering how many of you here this afternoon, if I asked you the question, how do you get to heaven, could put your hands up and clearly say, I know how. There are a lot of different ideas rolling around out there about how you get to heaven. But I want to tell you this afternoon, there is only one way to get to heaven. We're going to open our Bibles and find out what that is. And I pray that you will not be able to leave this church without knowing very clearly how you can get to heaven. And more than that, that you can be there. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to open to Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah was a prophet in the old days, at least 2,000 plus years ago. He was a prophet in Israel, and he has a dream. And interestingly, as Zechariah, who is a prophet of God, has this dream, God tells him, and I think God did it for us today, God tells him how we can get to heaven. And so let's, without further ado, get into this beautiful study. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. This is Zechariah speaking. You remember, he's having a vision. God is speaking to Zechariah through this vision. He is an inspired prophet. He is in touch with God like very few people we would know is. Zechariah chapter 3, and this is what he writes down about the dream he sees that tells you in 2006 how you can be in heaven. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. The Bible says, Then he showed me Joshua. Remember this man Joshua. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. So we've got Joshua, and we've got the angel of the Lord, and Satan was standing at Joshua's right side to accuse him. So right at the beginning of this study, we have three individuals, three persons. I want to show you something. I need three volunteers. I'm asking them to come up the front, because I believe that what Zechariah sees in this vision impacts you okay now we're going to ask david to be joshua i'm asking you a question who does the bible say joshua is look at the text joshua was who the high 
He was like the senior pastor of ancient Israel. So we're going to ask you to be Joshua. On one side of Joshua was who? This side was who? The angel of the Lord. Now we don't have time to look into this today, but if you do a study on who the angel of the Lord is in the Bible, guess what? It's Jesus Christ. So we have on one side of Joshua, Jesus, now we're only pretending here, he's not really Jesus. But on one side of Joshua we have Jesus, and on the other side we have, appropriately dressed in black, who? Satan. Now I'm asking you a question. I'm looking at these three. Does that not represent you? Right or wrong? That's you. Don't you have on one side of you Jesus in one ear, and on the other side don't you have Satan? Either I am a very, very strange person, or that's what you're all experiencing, because I tell you, I've just lived another week of my life, and during that week on one side I had Jesus, and he was talking very powerfully to me. But on the other side, almost as loud, was Satan. Okay? Now I want to show you something very interesting. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 2, this is really important. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, or if you like, Joshua, rebuke you. Is not Joshua a man, a brand, a man plucked from the fire? Verse 3. Now Joshua, come up the front here for a moment, Joshua. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. Now, he is dressed in black. If I had some mud, I'd, I could kind of spread that out. But you pretend he's, he's in filthy clothes. Can you see Joshua in filthy clothes? My question is, what are these filthy clothes? Our sins? I just wonder, I'm going to take a straw vote this, morning, this afternoon. How many of you think that these filthy clothes that Joshua is dressed in represent our sins? Let's see your hands. Okay, you are part right, but not completely. Turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Isaiah 64 verse 6. Now remember, this afternoon we're talking about how to get to heaven. This is where this study gets very interesting. Isaiah 64 verse 6, we've got Joshua, he's dressed in filthy clothes. What are these filthy clothes? Because obviously they're worrying God. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, all, look at this. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And look at this. Listen to this carefully. And all our righteousness is like filthy rags. Or all our righteous acts or all the right things we do are to God. Now, now don't be confronted by this. Just see what the text is saying first. Are like what? are like filthy rags. Now, if you're, you think you're going to get to heaven by being good, you better have another look at this text. Because the Bible says even when you are good, your right acts to God are like what when it comes to getting to heaven? Filthy rags. These filthy rags are our good 
and our bad deeds. In fact, I've got to tell you, it's us. As we stand before God, you know, make no mistake this afternoon, God loves you. Oh, how he loves you. But these filthy rags are us. That is you, that is me, and when God looks at us with all our good and our bad deeds, that's what we look like. Now that's, that's sobering, isn't it? But the story doesn't stop there because look what happens. And I, I want to invite um, Chris back up the front, brother. Look at this. Verse 3, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said, this is Jesus, God, said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin, and I will put rich garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Look what happens. This, you want to go to heaven, and surely you want to live for eternity. Most normal people do, right? If you never listen to anything else a preacher says ever again, You listen to this and watch this. This is how simple it is. I believe that Jesus calls everybody, whether they're Christian, non-Christian, whether they're interested in him or not, I believe with all my heart, and the Bible says it, that Jesus at some stage or another calls everybody. And this afternoon in this church, there could be someone here that he's calling. And this is a serious, sobering and yet wonderful thing. And as Jesus calls you, and you will know it, you will feel it as the Holy Spirit works on your heart, he's looking for a positive answer from you. And I remember when Jesus first called me, almost 20 years ago, on a dark Saturday night in the middle of winter in the mountains of Northern California, and I did this on a tennis court in the dark by myself, I felt the call of Jesus. I was wounded and I was hurt and I was in pain and it was like Jesus came down and put his arms and it it made me, it did, it made me very emotional. And I was not following Jesus, I wasn't interested in him at the time, but he came to me in my darkest hour and he said, Lloyd, I will have you, I will take you as you are. And you know what I did? And I want you to do it, Joshua. I knelt down and I said, Jesus... If you'll have me, I'll have you. I, was, I feel emotional now even talking about this. I was, a, I was a low, down, dirty, rotten scoundrel. I was a sinner caught in deep darkness. But the moment I knelt down in my filthy what? In me. The moment I wrote, knelt down in me, Jesus came along with a robe. And it is what colour? White. And what did he do? As I said, Jesus, I repent of my life. This is how simple it is. And I ask you into my heart. It is a beautiful... You know, a human being cannot have a more beautiful experience. Jesus come down and he put this robe around Joshua. He put it around me. Stand up, Joshua. Is that difficult? Now, I'm going to ask a question. How do you get to heaven? I have just shared with you from the word how you get to heaven. What do you do? You kneel down and you ask Jesus into your heart. What saves you? What does he put around you? 
And my question is, this white robe is your key to heaven. What is the white robe? And if you've got your Bibles, one more text today. I want you to turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, same prophet that we looked at before, verse 10. Isaiah, you can almost feel the joy in Isaiah's voice as he shares this with us. He says, this is Isaiah, again under inspiration from God, just as Zechariah was. He says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. I have just found out that my righteousness is what to God? Like what? Whose righteousness is this? This is Jesus. It's like Jesus comes down. Chris, now you're, we pretend in your Jesus. And he takes Joshua, and I know you like to do this. He puts his arms around him and he says, Joshua, here, have me. You can't get into heaven because your robes are like filthy rags. My robe is spotless. Now, those of you who know a little bit about Jesus, did he ever sin when he was on the earth? Did he ever make a mistake? His robes are what? Spotlessly white. And it's like Jesus says, hey, my character, me, I will give you me. Now I'm asking you a question. When I gave my heart to Jesus that dark, lonely night in Northern California, would you give your heart to Jesus whenever you did it or whenever you will do it? That white robe is put around you, right? Who is that robe? It is who? It's Jesus. You better get this. This is Jesus. Now, when God the Father, who is the great judge of the universe, when he looks at me, when he looked at Joshua, when he looks at Chris, who are uh, David, who I know has given his heart to Jesus, who does he see? Who does God see? Does he see David? Did he see Joshua? Who does he see? Jesus. Perfect Jesus. And you know, Jesus has a right to give us that robe because you know those filthy garments which are our sins, which are us, when he takes them away, he actually takes them. He says, I can take them. And he takes them to the cross. They're sins. They're the grime, the grot of our life. He takes them to the cross and he pays a penalty for them. Jesus has a right to do this. And in, and in replacement for me, he gives me him. And in the judgment, when Jesus looks, when God looks at me, he sees who? Jesus, who is perfect, and he says, Hey, David, welcome into the kingdom. You are, is he perfect? Is he perfect? Who's perfection? You are perfect, man. Welcome into the kingdom. Now, this is where it gets really, really important as we close this. Watch this, because this is where it ends. So, Joshua, David has given his heart to Jesus. He has this robe around him, which is Jesus. When God looks at him, he sees Jesus. But look what God says now. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in my ways and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among those who are saved. I want to show you something. God says, hey, David, I loved you, man. I died for you. I gave you this robe. Now, because you love me, 
walk in my ways. You cannot have this happen to you. And, and this is a miracle. You cannot have this happen to you and not fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with Jesus, guess what happens? You want to do what he asks you to do. You want to keep his commandments. Not so you can get to heaven. You're already going to heaven. But because you've fallen in love with Jesus, now I want to show you something. I baptized a guy named Andrew on the Gold Coast. He had a brother called Mick. He said, I want you to visit my brother. I said, yeah, I'd love to. I turned up to visit his brother. You know what? He looked like a hell's bikey. Hell's gang bikey. He had long hair, nothing wrong with that, but it was down to here. He had tattoos on his arms. He had pocket marks in his arms and, and, and on his body where he was injecting himself into heroin. I walked into his shop. He, 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 lived, he lived in a, in a shop, in, in a workshop that had a um, mezzanine floor on it. He lived up on the mezzanine floor. Down beneath uh, is where his workshop and he was a panel beater. I walked into his shop and there's pornographic pictures of naked women on both sides of the walls. And I was a, I was a single man and I felt like I almost had to walk in like that. You know, I didn't want to look to the right or to the left. Um, but I started to do Bible studies with this guy. And I started to share with him how beautiful Jesus is and how, how Jesus loves him. And he was hurt. Inside he was wounded and he responded to Jesus. And I remember the day he got on his knees and he asked Jesus into his heart. With his tattoos, with the pocket marks in his arms from the, from the needles and the drugs. The, the huge pile of beer bottles in the corner. He was an alcoholic. And he was visiting, he was spending most of his money during the week on prostitutes. True story. And by the way, he said I could share this. And so I remember the day because it was an emotional, beautiful moment when he gets on his knees. Mick gets on his knees and he asks Jesus into his life. Now watch, this is, this is really special. He asks Jesus into his life. Did Jesus put that white robe around him? Come over here. Did he? Was Mick perfect? Some are saying no, some are saying yes. Well, whose robe has he got on? Is he perfect? Whose perfection? The moment Mick knelt down in the dust of that workshop and asked Jesus into his life, Jesus put his perfection around him. Was he on his way to heaven? If Jesus had come at that moment, would Mick have been saved? But Mick had some problems. Look at this. He had the problem, and this is a mountain, standing in front of him, of pornography. Sorry, Praveen. But that's who you represent. He was a visiting prostitutes he had a lot of problems he was an alcoholic sorry Graham and he was a heroin addict the moment he gave his heart to Jesus did all these problems disappear yes or no was he perfect but he's still got these problems I'll show you what happened I turned up I never I never said a word to him I turned up the next week for a Bible study, okay? And I said, Mick, where he'd taken all the pornographic pictures down from the walls. I said, where are your girls, man? He said, how can I have them on the walls when Jesus has come into my heart? I said, you've torn them down. He said, I've torn them down forever. I've thrown all those books out. Through the power of who? Jesus, he threw the pornographic pictures. Go, you're out, gone. I said, what about these women you've been visiting and spending all your money on? He threw them out in the... You're gone too. 
Through the power of Christ, to this day, as far as I know, never visited another prostitute again. Never brought another pornographic magazine. That was gone from his life. Interesting to me is that when people come to Jesus, one of the first things Jesus will do, will remove from them, is, is immorality. Did you know that? It's one of the very first things. But he was still drinking, and I've got to tell you, he was still having problems with heroin. He would get on his morning, knees every morning. He would ask Jesus into his heart. Was Mick perfect? But what about when he was getting drunk? What about when he put a needle into his arms? Was he perfect? You know, it took Mick, through the power of Christ, about two months to give up alcohol. But you know what? Through the power of God... He kicked it out of his life. Praise God. I remember the day he came, uh, I came into his office and he said, Man, I will never drink again. Whose power did he do that through? Was he saved while he was fighting that battle? Through his failures and his victories. My question is, was he saved? Was he? Yes, he was. This is the power of Jesus who saves. He gives you his perfection and then he cleans you. He doesn't, not you. He cleans you from the inside out. But he had this heroin problem. For 10 long months, he fought this battle. It was a huge battle. It took some doing. In fact, I believe God had to use his power and send angels in great strength to get him through that battle. But do you know that after 10 months... Mick tossed through the power of who? Jesus. The heroine get lost out of his life. What's happening is Mick is becoming more and more like who? Jesus. And that's the power of the gospel. And that's great hope for us all, isn't it? That Jesus saves us while he cleans us out. And fixes us up from the inside out. And you know, I want to make a call to you guys this afternoon as we bring this to a close. If you feel Jesus touching your heart now, and I pray that you do, and you recognize that you're a sinner, and you're in need of the Lord, I want to make a call right now for you to accept Jesus into your heart right this moment. And to, you may have come into this church unclean. You can walk out clean. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I want to make a call right now. With your heads bowed, and and I'm not going to look. If, If you would like Jesus to come into your heart, this is between you and Jesus, and to save you, to take away the hurt and the pain, to clean you, I just want you to raise your hand as I pray. Lord Jesus, we are all sinners. And like Joshua and Mick, And like Lloyd the pastor, we need a saviour. God, I pray that you will accept me. I give you my heart this afternoon, Jesus, and I pray that you will come inside and save me. I pray, Lord, that you'll accept these precious people here this afternoon. And if you want the Lord to hear this prayer now, you just raise your hand. He'll see it. Jesus, you see the hands. You read read the hearts and the minds. Honour, honour this commitment. And Lord, I pray as you come inside, each of us, that you'll begin to work the miracle that you worked in Mick. 
because we long to be like you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer and the call of our hearts. In your name, amen. I hope you enjoyed this program on how to get to heaven. It's easy and it is simple if you accept Jesus as your saviour. It is also a beautiful walk to have Jesus in your heart. If you'd like a copy of this sermon, you can get it by either emailing or phoning us. We'll be very happy to send you a free DVD to your home. Or if you like, you can download it from our website absolutely free. God loves you. He wants to save you. Why don't you let him? God bless you.